Uh, phones are open, 833-311-1984. And you can call in about any of the topics that we're bringing up today. The main one right now, I'm asking the question, did Ron Paul shoot JFK? I'm not the first person to ask that question. And I'll explain the context and how we actually got there. But first, I got to play a voicemail. I got a call last night, uh, 3 a.m., wasn't awake. Here we go. And this is from the 833-311-1984 voicemail line. So you can call anytime, and I'll take your messages, and we'll follow up on it. Yeah, Tim, uh, I just wanted to know if you guys saw that question Maria Bartiroma asked Trump yesterday about the UFOs of whether he believed in it. And uh, also wanted to comment on Alex Smith playing yesterday and then the Cowboys quarterback, uh, Zach Prescott, with his broken leg. And I saw that his backup quarterback... Okay, so let me go ahead and start with that. Uh, yes, I did see Maria Bartiromo asking Donald Trump about the UFOs, and his answer was, I was told about it two days ago. He deflected, and he talked about how great the military was. Um, Alex Smith playing yesterday, uh, noteworthy. Um, Alex Smith is someone we've talked about in conjunction with that eerily timed leg injury that perfectly mirrored a leg injury from 33 years prior to the day the injury of Joe Theismann. So that's sort of a topic we've looked into here, uh, coincidences and the rigging of reality. And then something else he brought up here, Andy Dalton's stats. Let me see what he says here. Andy Dalton's stats were 9 for 11 for 111 yards. I don't know what to make of it. Thank you. Excellent information there. Another one here, this is from... Sunday. Hey, what's going on, Tim Austin? Um, was just my friend about, uh, I guess, one of the calls that you guys had about a time traveler, uh, that this guy could see things uh, that his wife couldn't see, or, or so he was trying to explain, like, just his uh, phenomena that's going on, or, or, you know, with him. But, uh, he said he, think, he thought he was an angel, so I was trying to find that. And then, uh, you know, maybe you can uh, touch base on that more. I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, okay, so if you didn't quite get that, he said, I was just talking to my friend about the caller you had who was a time traveler. And this could be a way to explain, miss that part, Mars is incredibly red. Okay, the time traveler he's talking about. We had a caller who explained that at certain points in his life, time stopped. And he was able to perceive this, um, this vision, I guess, that we're all on some type of, uh, not a simulation, but for all intents and purposes, a, a predestined outcome or something. And that we're just waiting for everyone to wake up collectively. And some people are stuck in cycles in the past. It's an interesting theory. He was talking about moving back in time. And this thing about time travel and this is what he, he's alluding to is in the movies we see you know H.G. Wells, The Time Machine, uh, Back to the Future, The DeLorean, 
but these require you know machines and it has different explanations but then you have other forms of time travel and a couple of movies I can think of that use this one being the butterfly effect another being Donnie Darko where time travel is more of a a mental thing or a regressing into your mind and then going back like reversing time itself but um, for you subjectively so it's not even a time machine interesting ideas but this caller was also alluding to some other fascinating phenomenon uh, I have no experience in this arena but he talked about astral travel in a way that made it sound like he was very familiar with it and and knew what he was talking about very interesting material and that's what the uh, person calling was alluding to. So we'll probably have that caller back on. Maybe I'll reach out. Okay, so let me go through my list here. Now, how did we get to this point where we're asking the question, did Ron Paul shoot JFK? I mean, I think we can all agree that Ted Cruz's father was, you know, communist probably working with uh, Ted Cruz. This was brought up in 2016, and Trump is the one who brought it up. And he was actually surprised that it wasn't a bigger controversy. That here you have uh, Ted Cruz's father passing out communist literature with Lee Harvey Oswald prior to the JFK uh, assassination, if you want to call it that. Uh, no one's really been able to deny this. And, you know, I, I looked at that and I was like, okay, seems legit. Didn't really raise any red flags for me. I didn't look too closely at, at Oswald, you know, the, the patsy in this story, this unbelievable story. But now I'm starting to look a little closer because it's been suggested that Oswald has been or was played by Ron Paul. So this would be next level wolf in sheep's clothing deception. It would be uh, really kind of mind blowing here. So I, I juxtaposed a picture of Ron Paul where he seemed to be taking a unique uh, pose you know I don't know what that pose is but it looks very much like he's trying to look serious or somber or something but then right next to him I put a picture of Oswald so I don't I don't really see a strong resemblance uh, for those of you who are watching um, I'll go ahead and lower the image on the screen for you like it's not really intuitive to me but you're talking about a, a, a vast amount of time has passed. I mean, so that could explain a lot of it. So I'm looking at the cranium. Is that the same skull? That would be my question. And looking at it now, I kind of see how it's close. Commenter asks, what's the song where Fauci's talking about never shaking hands again? Uh, that would be Shake It by Uncle Ben. Uncool Ben, you can find him linked on the website, and I'll provide a link for you. Okay, so now this whole thing would be consistent with another fringe fringe theory that goes along with this line of thinking that the world stage is in fact the world stage. And in this case, the notion that JFK didn't actually die. So Ron Paul didn't shoot JFK. Lee Harvey Oswald didn't shoot JFK. Um, JFK was an actor on the world stage, and then he came back, the same actor, to portray another president. This being Jimmy Carter. So JFK's Jimmy Carter is actually a, a, a rather popular, well-established conspiracy fact, I think, at this point. So I'm like, well, 
it's not really too many steps deeper into the rabbit hole to suggest that these two are you know one of the same ron paul lee harvey oswald so you know, the good news is nobody actually dies in this story okay so the next thing i want to bring up we're a few weeks away from i think another 9 11 sized event just by looking at the buildup, uh, what you know with the election and the 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 denial on the political left which is what it is it's denialism about what's actually about to happen and n neither side's gonna give an inch on this thing and i think we know this and so i've been looking very closely at the rollout of various events and it's kind of interesting what what is what is happening at this very time let's see presidential candidate kanye west just put out a video for his campaign where he's posing in front of a black and white American flag, which, you know, a, a black and the flag's not black and white. It's red, white, and blue. So you, you can see what they're doing here. Um, and, you know, I think it was to add gravitas to what he was saying and to his commercial, which I think it was less impactful than him urinating on the Grammy. You know, very lowbrow nonsense, but he's an important character on the world stage, as we'll probably see. Uh, Derek Chauvin, Walking Free, now, if you looked at that one, he was um, released at 11.22 a.m., which is, of course, 11.22 corresponds to the date of the JFK assassination, 11.22.63. Uh, one of the reasons why this topic had been uh, recalled to mind is I was looking at these recent mugshots of Derek Chauvin, and I thought, man, he kind of looks like this image that I recall of Lee Harvey Oswald. Like the mugshot. One of his eyes is slightly droopy. He looks kind of smug. Looks kind of like um, he's sneering at the people, like he's proud of what he did. Uh, a very interesting image here, and I, I think they often do uh, employ iconography and symbolism for maximum impact with propaganda. And it looks like this character, Derek Chauvin, is modeled, you know, visually with this mugshot off of this famous police mugshot from uh, Dallas of. Uh, Oswald when they picked him up. Now, the, the mugshots with Derek Chauvin have been remarked on for being so different from one another. And we'll go through them. But again, he was released on 1120, at 11.22 a.m. And his last court date was on 9-11, the 19th anniversary of 9-11. You can see the symbolism here. And then, of course, on 9-11, the first plane was hit. I'm sorry, the first tower was hit at 8.46 a.m. Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd for 846. So what you're seeing here is a story, if you ask me. Uh, Derek Chauvin, 9-11 to America. He goes to court on 9-11. And now he gets released at 11-22, which, you know, that was the death of Kennedy that references. And we're talking about major events, major uh, tragedies or instigations. Kennedy, by the way, was 46 when he was shot. Just thought I'd bring that up for those of you who are following the meta-scripted pattern here. Uh, if you look into the name Derek, you might find this interesting. The name Derek, the origin is from a, a German hangman who hanged 3,000 people. So again, Derek Chauvin and, and the Proud Boys today call themselves Western Chauvinists. So the way this thing is set up, the dynamic, you have the BLM Antifa on the left, you have the uh, Proud Boys and the Prayer Patriots on the right. Well, the, the right call themselves Western Chauvinists. So if you put this together, you got 
Derek the Hangman, who hanged 3,000, Western chauvinist, kneels on Floyd for 846. It's a big 9-11 connection. Goes to court on 9-11. And again, 3,000 died on 9-11. Derek, named after a guy that hanged 3,000. So the story, to me, is highly indicative of uh, an incoming agitation, possibly on par with what we saw in 63. And none of this would surprise me, based on how the events of 2020 have unfolded so far. So that's my read of this thing. One other thing, Derek Chauvin was a cop for 19 years. So I do have some predictions, and I do think that these aren't really um, like psychic predictions. These are predictions based on past behavior and pattern recognition and the knowledge that there's a great deal of scripting on a very meta level here. That's why I call it meta scripting. So I do think there's a big event coming and I do have a very good idea on who might be playing that role of sacrificial Sun King for 2020. Um, I did put that on a blog post, the world stages next revolution. So you can go to infiniteplanesociety.com. You can read that. If you listen to Coincidence Theory 113, which you can get at darkmatter.radio, you also know. But, you know, I'm not in the business of making predictions, but I am recognizing patterns and I refuse to uh, not comment on these obvious signals. A couple more images here I have where people are looking at the mugshots of this Derek Chauvin and comparing them to what we saw in the video. And the mugshot from his arrest compared to the video shows um, a lot more hair on his head and his neck. So it looks like he grew several weeks of hair. And what's, what's also unusual about this thing is that in the mugshot, he's got a dark head of hair. On the video, the back of his head, the top of his head is actually bald. So this is really strange as well. Um, I know earlier someone in the voicemail mentioned time travel. I'm not asserting that here, but it wouldn't surprise me if what we saw with the footage had been filmed earlier or something. Uh, this None of this lines up. And that's why I'm still looking into it. There are so many holes in this story, quite a lot. In fact, I have a number of things we'll be touching on here. So let's go ahead and move on to those topics, just other points of interest. So there's this lawyer in Texas who claims that George Floyd was his homeless client. He said, Floyd was my client, and essentially he had died three years ago. So here's another element to the story. This is Texas lawyer. Twitter followers, it's Mark here at Global Agenda. His name is Timothy Jaffet. He, was a, he is a Texas estate and family lawyer. And here's what he's saying. He says that George Perry Floyd passed away in Corpus Christi three years ago, alone and homeless. His body was cremated and he was placed in a cemetery in the outskirts of Corpus Christi. So these allegations were made. We have a lot of screen caps. The guy kind of disappeared as far as I know, but he made these very bold claims, but he backed it up. And it is very interesting to consider this as a possibility um, that he died three years ago. It's very confusing, that's for sure. Don't have any straight answers for any of this, you know, but what we do know is that 
what we're looking at is a highly scripted drama. Not just this storyline connecting Derek Chauvin to this 9-11 scale event, but it's timed astrologically. And that's the part of it that gets into the occult, um, the secret societies, the symbolism where it's like, wait, he's kneeling on Floyd for 846 in the Twin Cities. There's another, you know, Twin Towers, Twin Cities, 846. And the sun set in the Twin Cities at 846 p.m. on the day that Floyd supposedly died. So I'm looking at that too, and I'm like, wait a minute. Even that, that tells you right there. We're looking at something that's scripted on a higher level. And I think it was Warren Buffett who said that millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. And yeah, obviously, billionaires, trillionaires, the owners of the media, the owners of the religions, yeah, they're all hooked into the system. Pete Shea says 46 equals 23 plus 23. Uh, that might have been true when you were in school, but I don't know how Common Core um, has affected that. Uh, that was also something else, too. Uh, we are entering the sign of Gemini when Floyd was um, killed. And of course, the twins, uh, he was passing a twin 20, a counterfeit copy, which might be symbolic. Uh, the word 20 means twin tens, which is also significant and symbolic. Pete Shea says it's chromosome pairs two becoming one with the 46 thing. That's an interesting way of looking at it because when you look at the twin towers, uh, they were replaced with a single tower. In fact, there's a lot of symbolism about the Twin Towers that I want to talk about. It connects to a cathedral in New York, the world's largest cathedral, and the space station. Very interesting stuff because, uh, you know, architecture has always been used um, in the same way that media has to tell the meta story. Now, the Twin Towers were originally going to be replaced with a single tower called the World Trade Center Phoenix which they didn't do it, but it would have been fitting, I think. It would have been too obvious, I suppose, as far as their symbolic system. Because you know the towers were constructed starting in 1968, making them 33. And whenever we look at this symbolic system, the number 33 is always connected to the phoenix, or the burning man, or the sacrificial sun king stuff. Very consistent, undeniable at this point. And that's why I'm using this term Metascript. In fact, I'm working on a book right now. Uh, those of you on my Patreon who are um, supporters know this. I already post posted a link to it, but um, in November, I'm releasing a book. It's expanding on a previous work that I did and some others pertaining to this idea of mass media psychological operations being timed according to the astrotheological cults objective standards you can you, i mean you can you can look at a lot of conspiracy theories alternative explanations and you, you can say it's subjective or you can cite this or that logical fallacy which may be used to um, make something plausible but when we're talking about events that are synchronized with the setting of the sun yeah i don't think you can rig that uh, you can't adjust that you had to use the sun as your basis and the more i dug into this the more I realize that, yes, in fact, the solar calendar, much like it's used as the basis for all of the religions, is actually being used as a basis for the dominant world religion, which we know as 
MSM. A couple of um, interesting little bits of scripting since I mentioned 9-11, Derek Chauvin, cop of 19 years, in court on the 19th anniversary of 9-11. On that day, according to Google, if you search for the number of COVID-19 casualties, you had 28.3 million infected, 19 million recoveries, 911,000 deaths. 19, 9-11. And then 28.3 would indicate or relate to the 283 firemen who got cancer. So this stuff is beyond coincidence. Uh, some look at it as maybe mysticism or evidence of you know, di divine order. And I think that the most likely explanation here is the mundane one, that there is a central control or a centralized storyteller at the top of the pyramid. Okay, so let us continue. I want to go through some more of these links that I posted. So George Floyd might already have died. And I'm thinking about it. I remember at the beginning, people said, well, this video could be old. Nobody's wearing masks and he has COVID-19. Why isn't he wearing a mask? Which is true. You know, he should have been wearing a mask. He should have been home. But, you know, again, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, at that first um, release of the video, we didn't see any masks, but later and subsequent ones we did. Um, so, you know, we're still digging into it, but I don't take anything for granted when it comes from these big instigated stories. Um, as far as the lawyer's suggestion that Floyd died three years ago in Corpus Christi, that has some interesting possibilities connected to it, I suppose, but I think it's more likely that Floyd lives with Chauvin in his Florida home or something because you know they work together. Okay, let's move on. We have Derek Chauvin has been allowed to leave Minnesota due to safety concerns. Yep. Now here's another interesting piece to the puzzle or maybe. So this is from fellowshipoftheminds.com. This is from June. Evidence points to CNN and Sean King guilty in fabricating George Floyd video. So this is an interesting piece here because it's, and it goes into depth, the deep analysis of the timestamps and everything. And when you really get into the timestamps of it, it wasn't eight minutes and 46 seconds. I think the court papers now are saying 746. But if you look at the way the story has been told, and how it was emphasized and how you have the 846 movement. Uh, George Floyd's lawyer wears 846 on his face, on his mask. You have Dave, Ch uh, Dave Chappelle with his 846 comedy skit. Anyway, there is some deep analysis in here and it kind of does build a strong case that this was a, a production that you know was put together on the floor after they got all the footage. And a few things just don't make sense when I go back and I look at the body cam footage. like. Why was he screaming, I can't breathe, when he was in the back of the SUV? I mean, he was in the back of the SUV. Nobody was kneeling on him, so he already couldn't breathe. Anyway, here's where it gets interesting. This is where Sean King, now if you don't know who Sean King is, Sean King, a.k.a. Talcum X, he's a, and this is how he's known on the internet. He's an activist. He claimed to be black. He claimed to be a victim of hate crimes by white power types. Um, turns out that, no, he was, uh, you know, white, lowercase, 
but then he pretends to be black, you know, capital. You know, it's all just political posturing, joining this political identity group. And he becomes a leader in it, where he dyes his hair, he trims his hairline in a certain way. I don't know what he did to his skin. He wore glasses that look exactly like Malcolm X. And he wears a Malcolm X t-shirt, and the way he talks and he presents himself, he tries his best to, you know, pass. So if you look him up, Sean King. Now, Sean King's one of the major leaders in, or misleaders, to the BLM movement, which, you know, if you ask, this is typical. I, I, my guess is CIA deepfake. They didn't mean for him to be exposed. And it's, it's a funny joke that they keep him out there. You know, there's like five or six other uh, major leaders in BLM who have been outed. So you look at the guy, you wouldn't question it. He claims he's biracial. Then his dad came out on TV, uh, practically crying, saying, you know, how dare you? And yeah, you, you look at his baby pictures and you compare him to his dad and he's a little redhead. And I'm like, okay, how did this happen? How did this guy get a pass? And this is why I'm saying he was planted. This is how these agents are put into place, you know, in places of influence where, uh, yeah, they, they needed controlled opposition and they sent in this individual and he pulled it off. And I'm finding pictures of this guy with every major leader out there. I'm, I'm not sure if he's hung out with Obama yet. It's, it's kind of a joke. Rachel Dozenel, same story. Uh, she even put a noose in her mailbox and claimed that it was a threat from the KKK. It turns out the mailman said, well, the only person that could have accessed this thing was you. So we're looking at these um, characters inserted into the world stage who become actual leaders. So this guy, Sean King, comes into this George Floyd story because look at this. And this is from fellowshipoftheminds.com. Timestamps in this video do not match the events as they play out. A police officer detaining a suspect in the middle of the street, highly unlikely, four of them doing it, no. I've seen police park in the wrong way, sometimes it's necessary, but this wasn't one of those. The source of the video, Sean King, is hardly a reliable source. Sean King is an activist. He's not the most honest person in the world. He says he's black, but his parents are both white. He's in love with the BLM movement. He hates Trump. So why did the restaurant turn the video over to Sean King? How many businesses turn over security footage to whoever asks for it? And when you get into these businesses, that's another area to look into. This whole thing, this whole story, this whole sham has fallen apart. But CNN says they got the video from the restaurant's owner. Turns out that's a lie. The source is on the right-hand corner of the video, and they got it from Sean King. So that's something to look into. I'm going to look into it, but the, the video being um, handed over to Sean King, that's really fishy. Uh, him being close to CNN shows you they're not reporters. They're not here to inform you. Uh, here's what the author of this piece wrote. He said, is Floyd dead? Who knows? I would need to see a body. I don't believe any of those men were officers. No cop's going to take someone out of the street and kill them while the cameras are rolling. They acted like they were putting on a show. This was like something from a Netflix series, something completely fabricated. And those are the opinions of the individual that put the piece together. And I pretty much agree with it. I agree with most of it. Um, I, Floyd, for all intent, I, I'm pretty sure he's alive. Now, I was re-examining that 
when I saw the inside of the ambulance. But then I thought, well, look, uh, the so-called paramedics didn't know what they were doing. And if this was real, the family would be suing the paramedics because they killed Floyd, if you look at that video. But what you're actually seeing, I think, is a rubber dummy being treated in the back of the ambulance, a lifelike rubber dummy. And there was a company called Seven Sigma. It was a manufacturer of lifelike rubber dummies for EMTs to train with, dummies that simulated people undergoing respiratory distress, people that couldn't breathe. The company that specialized in making these in Minneapolis called Seven Sigma, established in 87, burned down, first building to burn in the riots. The first night of the riots, this, this factory burned after 33 years of being there. And I think they printed out the George Floyd body. Uh, Black Ice Bear says, Owen Benjamin's criticism of Sean King is one of the reasons he was kicked off Twitter. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you, if you have a big enough voice, you know, you just, you can't, you can't call out bullshit on that level. And I can imagine because, you know, Sean King's protected, you know, he's considered, he's a sacred cow. And I've got, I've got to know these characters over the years. Just, and I, I thought when he was first exposed, when his dad was on TV, I thought, okay, well, how's he going to hide, you know, the internet? But no, they just grow bigger. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean King becomes our next black president. Like, that's how crazy things are. And the public's attention span is really short, too. Which, you know, I mean, it's one thing you can get mad at it, but at the same time, the public's short attention span is the reason why I think masks are kind of going away in a lot of places if it's not just being, you know, enforced. And I'm, I'm looking at this. In fact, let me go. I have a few things here to go through. This is horrible. This is Jerome Adams. So this is your leading medical authority doing a mask dance to teach your kids to wear masks. Just going to play. It's 15 seconds. <laughs> says stay safe wear a mask so if you're just listening you have jerome adams and his two daughters in front of a green screen wearing masks he's wearing like a naval uniform and they're doing sort of a i don't know a modern take on the macarena or something i think it was meant to start a trend didn't pick up didn't didn't pick up where i'm at so it's the first time i saw it uh, someone sent me this link this is really good so in the movie snowpiercer it's another one of these movies that contains a lot of predictive programming. And it has a company called Wilford Industries. And on one of their billboards, you see the date, or rather the numbers, 311 and 20. So 311, 2020. And this is another one of these movies that just forecasted lockdowns, pandemics, etc. Hoaxahontas says it's the Mascarena. They probably teach that in the schools. And they won't even, like, they got rid of the pledge. Unless you, you know, but the, the mask arena. They've just messed up schools. Um, okay, I got a question for you, too. And I've, been, I've asked medical experts who called in on this one. Like, in fact, if you are a nurse or a doctor, if you're an EMT or a paramedic, and you ha or you're a dentist, you know, please call in live or leave a message, 833-311-8255. 
1984. And please explain to me how coronavirus is considered to be um, infectious and deadly. It's a pathogen. It's going to kill us all. How is this thing so deadly? But we don't put our masks in biohazard containers. We don't put our masks in red biohazard containers. So that's a startling omission from the whole um, story here. Because if you can catch it from a surface, if you can you know, run into a stranger and you, know, you bump them and then you contacted them, you bring it home. If it's just something that spreads like that, how come we drop all caution when it comes to the masks? I see masks on the ground. Nobody washes their masks. Nobody washes their masks. So here's um, something that just came out today. Don't touch this. Coronavirus stays on banknotes, mobile phone screens, and steel for up to 28 days. So if it can stay on your cash, if it can stay on surfaces for a month, it says it can last 10 days or longer on certain surfaces. If it can stay on stuff, then this invalidates most of the precautions, if not all of the precautions that most people are taking. I see these uh, hypochondriacs with their hand sanitizer, their masks, their PPE, but they still have their dirty, nasty COVID-covered cell phone. But my question again is, why aren't we treating masks like infectious waste? If this is considered to be, like your money is infectious waste. I mean, are we supposed to burn our cash? What do we do with it? You know, sanitize it, autoclave it, send it to the bank in exchange for crypto? Because apparently money is a super spreader, but masks aren't. Uh, Jam Z says, my wife is a nurse and she says it's completely ridiculous. Commenter says, whoops, I need a new iPhone every week. I think you're going to see, I mean, look, I, I could probably make a parody video on YouTube where I wear a mask and PPE, hide my identity. I'll make a parody video where I show people how to saran wrap their phones. And, you know, it'll just be obnoxious because, you know, it wouldn't work. But that's where people are being led. In fact, that, there's probably a market being open for that right now. JT33 says, I make the sign of the cross with my hand sanitizer. Oh, when you walk into the store, if they have hand sanitizer inside, uh, technically you should kneel and, you know, kneel because you're part of the systemic oppression of everybody. And then give yourself the cross with a hand sanitizer when you walk in and, of course, when you walk out. Zarek says, we could sell phone condoms for COVID cucks. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about. A full, you know, I mean, we're at the point where people are wearing spacesuits. You know, this is something too. I, I kind of thought from the beginning, actually, I kind of thought, you know what, this could be, because we know it's an attack on our free market system. We know it's an attack on capital, capitalism and property because ultimately it's about you because you are your own property. They want to take that property right away from you. But I kind of thought, well, this is also about attacking property itself down to objects. Like you can't carry these objects because these objects are super spreaders. You see what I mean? Like you can't bring shaving cream on the plane because it might be used, you know, it might have a bomb inside of it. Like they have to treat certain things as hazards. Well, now every object is a hazard. Your cash, your wallet, your phone. So that's why you need an implantable phone. 
that's why you need to start you know going purely digital which makes it very convenient for big brother who can rewrite history you know speaking of rewriting history they're censoring history whenever they delete these things these, these statues and in the state capitol here in santa fe the local uh, peaceful activists tore down a civil war monument from 1866 and it was you know kind of this is like one of the oldest capital cities in the nation it's a historic district and it's in front of the the old um i think saint francis uh mission anyway this is this place has a rich history so these antifa types who are censoring our history have come down here under a banner of black indigenous solidarity and they tore down this obelisk now i'm opposed to this for several reasons it's not that i take any sides on 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 the political um debates of the time civil war i'm not even talking about the meaning of the obelisk supposedly it was honoring civil war soldiers not sure which ones i haven't dug that much into it but just the idea that you're going to take this um, this thing that's been the centerpiece of the city, the center of this park. Anybody who's ever been to Santa Fe knows, you know, where that obelisk is. It's a monument. It's a damn monument, and they removed it. I'm starting to think they should start cutting down trees that are older than a hundred years old, because those trees were probably witnesses to racism and probably used in lynching. So let's just cut down all the trees too, of a certain age. I mean, this is sick, and the police stood by. They didn't do a thing. I'm like, wait, shouldn't you be arresting these people for committing a crime? They won't touch the statue of Senator Robert Byrd, Grand Dragon of the KKK mentor to Hillary Clinton. But they'll do this. So here's a commenter. Jesse says, the sign says black indigenous solidarity, but I don't see any blacks or indigenous pulling down the mo monument. I only see white Santa Fe granola eating sheltered wannabe artist ponytail liberals. Where's the police? Exactly. They just, that's exactly what happened here. It's a bunch of old silver ponytails, munching granola bars, pretending to stand up and represent. Um, and all they're doing is they're destroying, this is what they're actually doing. They're destroying a monument in an area that used to be worth going to. Because if you went there, you could actually buy artwork from indigenous uh, in individuals here selling on that strip there. You can't buy anywhere else. And it was um, a very unique thing. And who knows where that's going. More censorship, though. I mean, that's the same mentality that says, I don't like what Owen Benjamin said about Telcom X, so we're going to delete his Twitter channel. We're going to string our silver ponytails together into a lasso. We're going to wrap it around and just pull it all down, bring down the whole system. Restless Bear says, they removed the Confederate monument in my town. The city did, and the soldiers still have prominent descendants in the town. Well, look, um, we need to start tearing down statues that are offensive to us then, right? I guess that's how it works. Get rid of uh, statues of uh, Karl Marx. Get rid of modern art. Uh, get rid of That's kind of the game that they're playing here. And then what you end up with is, if everybody gets to censor everybody else's content, then nobody has any content and the state controls all of it. And that's kind of where we're headed. I got this, in fact, I have a link here. I believe it's Running Man. Okay, so Running Man came out 33 years ago. And one of the things about the movie, here's the trailer. 
Okay, so this is Arnold Schwarzenegger as the running man 33 years ago. And here are a few things about the movie. It's describing a future much like ours, but actually I called it a little early. By 2017, the world economy has collapsed. You know, and it probably would have if people weren't paying attention. It took them a little longer. Food, natural resources, and oil are in short supply. A police state divided into paramilitary zones. Everything is ruled with an iron hand. Now here's where it gets 2020-ish. Television is controlled by the state, and a sadistic game show called The Running Man has become the most popular program in history. So television controlled by the state, nothing new there. A sadistic game show called The Running Man. So part of this show is that the, the president is like a game show host, and the masses are witnessing the destruction of their society and civilization, but they're so entertained that they don't even care. Uh, so the show is called The Running Man, the most popular program in history. All art, music, and communications are censored. No dissent is tolerated. And a small resistance manages to survive. Now, the censorship of everything, that's what they're trying to do now. Um, the mask represents this, and I called this from day one. The mask is not to stop you from coughing COVID on anybody. The mask isn't deadly, nor is your cash. I mean, sorry, the cash isn't deadly and nor is this, nor is your cough. And the mask wouldn't stop anything anyway. But the real meaning to the mask, it's a decoration. It's an outward signal of your compliance. But it's also a, an emblem of censorship. Because from day one, the WHO said that one of the things that we're going to have to do is stop the flow of misinformation. The thinking there is that misinformation causes people not to listen to the experts and if you're not listening to experts, how can you be saved? And if you're not saved, you're a threat to society. I mean, that's the dynamic here. And what's fascinating about this whole thing is that it puts healthy people. Uh, thank you, Zuck's Nervous Stare, for subscribing. Yeah, this puts healthy people on a list of suspects, you know, because you're a super spreader, the way this thing works. Now, in the movie Running Man, they're wearing collars, not masks. But the collars can be used to uh, decapitate someone. They blow up if you say the wrong thing. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay, let's see. Hoaxahanta says Christmas masks are already on Amazon. Right. You know, what, whatever your thoughts on the mask thing, you know, it's not going to go away. It, it's just not. You know, yesterday I was actually driving home and I passed by a bus stop and I'm just thinking if I had a if I didn't know like what happened in the last six months I would have been alarmed because I saw ISIS at the bus stop like there were several of them you know black masks um, skateboards you know like just like the ones we saw over there in um in Seattle they look like the Antifa types but they look like Antifa they look like ISIS on skateboards and they're sitting there at the bus stop it looked just really peculiar to me like why would you cover your face like that why would you wrap yourself in black? And now I know. And that's the new normal for us, though. ISIS retired 19 years of uh, war on terror. Uh, they retired. They were actually conquered by COVID. So you can thank COVID for that. Thank you, COVID, for 
getting rid of the terrorist threat. Mother Nature had to step in and do it. You know, Big Brother just took advantage of it. ISIS said, we don't want to catch the infidel virus, so we're just going home. So they're leaving to let COVID take us out. And they sent their uniforms to Portland and Seattle. And a few of them here. Commenter says, the mask is Big Brother's new gang flag. They're exerting their power right in front of your face. Yep, right in front of your face, literally. I mean, what a psychological win. But in context, because I, I, I don't think that this is the end of the world, and I think that we're just we're seeing uh, uh, scripts and patterns, and history repeats itself, rhymes quite a bit. So if we go back 19 years ago, everyone had a bumper sticker that said, you know, God bless the USA, let's roll, 9-11. Everyone had a sticker of the U.S. flag on their truck. And you weren't supposed to speak out with outrageous conspiracy theories, according to George W. Bush, if you remember. Never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories. Do you remember that? So you were supposed to wave your flags and put an American flag over your mouth. You know, that bumper sticker. You may as well put it up your mouth because it meant that you weren't going to question Big Brother's war. So the virtue signaling of the mask used to be the virtue signaling of the flag waving. And you can see how it shifted from right to left. So 19 years ago, the event was to build up the right wing and it was the war on to, and, and the left wing was the anti-war. Well, now look, who is the war against? It's COVID being waged by the left. And who's against the war? Who are the anti-war types? Well, the anti-lockdown protesters are on the right. They perfectly switch these things. And it happens on a schedule. And that's why I think we can predict things with a great deal of accuracy. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think the world's ending. I've been taking post 9-11 as a template to understand post 3-11. And we've been right from day one. And you can go back, in fact, on my site, I have a video linked called Coronavirus Order Out of Chaos. It came out in March. And in this video, I describe how you're going to see the new normal roll out in the exact same way that post 9-11 rolled out. And I've been vindicated on every single point. Let's see, Restless Bear says, I feel like a criminal these days and I haven't robbed a single store. Oh, with the mask? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, here's something else. So early on I said, you know, if you're going to put on a medical mask, you're signaling that you believe in it and you're in solidarity with something. And maybe you're not in solidarity with it. You know, it's like, um, like I understand you can be a conscientious objector, you know, to the war. Maybe you don't want to wave a flag. Maybe you don't trust George W. Bush. You know, it shouldn't be held against you. But here, um, you don't have a way to opt out. You don't have a way to uh, not take part, so you kind of have to. And so what I said early on was, instead of wearing a medical mask, if you find that whole premise questionable, cover your face with a gator. So instead of looking like a conformist, scared sheep, now you resemble a bank robber or a thug. You know, because if the whole thing is about power and dynamics and you ceding power and submitting, you know, it flies in the face of, you know, all their attempts to take control over you when you put on a scary face, a mask, a bandana, something intimidating. 
So you see what this is. Um, remember, there were some protesters early on in Walmarts wearing swastikas as masks. And I don't think these were legitimate Nazis because the legitimate Nazis are the ones telling you to wear the masks. So the people wearing the Nazi flags were protesting the Nazis. I mean, 2020's irony is too deep for half the population to get it. But anyway, right after I started talking about gators and I actually started selling neck gators, CBS and a few other news outlets started doing these stories saying, don't wear neck gators. Watch, you have to read these headlines to believe it. They say neck gators are worse than no masks. Neck gators, worse than no masks at all, MIT. Infectioncontroltoday.com. Neck gators are worse than no face covering at all. Face mask, this is Washington Post. Study shows neck gator is worse than no mask. The infodemic reports neck gators are worse. And there were a few uh, news stories I saw, one in particular where the reporter wore a medical mask and a neck gator and she was blowing on candles to show how much more air gets out when you blow through a neck gator. So I took this as a personal attack. I'm like, here I am advocating for neck gators as a way to get around their sywar. And they, they said, no, neck gators are actually going to be worse than anything. So anyhow, uh, fast forward a few weeks here, and a new study just came out, which, you know, I'm like, isn't science science? You know, how is it always changing? You know, I kind of thought, not that it's settled, but I kind of thought that, you know, you have a reason for believing something. You arrive at it via the scientific method. You know, why should that change at any point? But the new story that just came out the other day because a lot of athletes are wearing neck gaiters is now it's from two days ago. Neck gaiters protect against COVID-19. Save the gaiters. A small study prompted fears that they could spread more, but new, new research says otherwise. How those bogus reports on ineffective neck gaiters got started. Scientific American. So again, there was no science behind banning the neck gaiters. And the news media had their reporters blowing out candles through neck gaiters to say you shouldn't wear them. Wearing a neck gaiter may be worse than no mask at all. Like, look how fast they just switched. That story just flipped. You know, kind of like the George Floyd story flipped. One minute, he's asphyxiated to death. Then, you know, now the story is fentanyl overdose. Like, how does reality keep changing? Like, is the Mandela effect really a thing? I'm starting to believe in it. We've all been manduzzled. All right, let's move on. A few other things I had to go through here. This is a quote from George Orwell. Don't you see that the whole aim of Newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. So this is a fascinating one to me because we have words that we use today in our discussions that didn't exist 10 years ago. And without these words, without these concepts, we wouldn't be able to deconstruct mass media deception at the level that we do. This concept of auto-hoaxers versus auto-believers. Uh, these things are fundamental, I think, to seeing through this matrix. And what do they call 
What do they call it when you say this event is staged? They call it a hate crime. They call it a thought crime. They censor it. So as you can see here, uh, this is the idea. They eliminate the range of thoughts. And that's why I have a problem with the Antifa's. Uh, now they're going after museums too, by the way. Like I'm waiting until they drag T-Rex out of one of these things. They're after museums. They're burning history, destroying books, banning videos. Now they can't ban this channel. You know, we're ban-proof. We've tried. They've tried you know, 85 times. Okay, um, last night, Elon Musk sent this tweet. I don't know what it means, but he's been in our topics lately because um, Musk just got a massive um, grant from the military. I mean, he, he got some contract here. I mean, it's for Space Force. That's the thing, too. So Space Force needs Elon Musk's help in sending materials anywhere in the world, apparently, in like a couple of hours, in in possibly less than an hour. Space Force is teaming up with Elon Musk to, yeah, deliver weapons. They need a 7,500 mile per hour weapons delivery rocket. So he gets this big contract. And we were talking about this because I was thinking, Elon Musk said he's not going to vax his kids or his child. He said he's not going to get vaxxed. He doesn't believe in lockdown and he doesn't make his employees wear masks. Like Elon Musk is totally going against the government. And yet suddenly now he's got this big contract. So I'm like, well, which is it? Is he rogue or is he the ultimate insider? Well, if you study the character of Elon Musk, you know that he was actually that the man that you see is an actor. The role was created by Werner von Braun in his book, The Mars Project. So Musk is a world stage character, a creation, if you ask me. Nothing real about him. But when I saw his anti-government statements, I thought, wait, why is Musk making sense? You know, is he, you know, did he, did he have, did he see something? Is he going to blow the whistle on something? Is he on our side? And that's what people would think because he's like, acting like he's one of the people and he's speaking out against the man, but then he gets this big contract. So I wonder, well, what's really going on here? Well, here's the secret. Someone clued me into this. They said, you know, Elon Musk is playing the role on the world stage of Iron Man. That's why he's going against the government. He's playing the role of Tony Stark on the world stage. So Iron Man, Tony Stark, is actually Elon Musk, or Elon Musk is playing Tony Stark. And when you get into that movie, this is where it gets to be clear that we're looking at the purposeful merging of fictional universes and the real one. Well, when Robert Downey Jr. was going to play Iron Man, he needed to know how to act. So he studied Elon Musk. Here's an article from News International Elon Musk and his long-standing friendship with Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. So he literally spent time with Elon Musk to know how to play Tony Stark. I mean, does it get any more convoluted? I mean, look, they mix it so you don't know where real and fake 
end. They blurred the lines. My third eye says, is Elon working on Project 42 with the government? Probably. That 42 enigma. Speaking of which, okay, so, you know, I've been going through some older headlines. When I say old, I mean, it's just a few months, but um, early on in the days of the outbreak, there were a couple of patients in Wuhan who caught COVID-19, and after they recovered, their skin had actually gone uh, dark. So this is from April. And I remember the story back then just seemed ridiculous, and it still does, but now we know why. Take a listen. And now suddenly their skin has turned dark. What is China using to treat its patients? Diagnosed with the coronavirus, they were under treatment for two months, and now suddenly their skin has turned dark. So this story was. What? This story is about a couple of individuals, not twins, but a pair. Now here's why I find it to be um, probably fake. So those of you who've been following with us a lot of this meta-scripted storyline, uh, we're seeing reoccurring numbers, reoccurring themes that tend to point to the same things. Like you know, the original whistleblower was a 33-year-old whistleblower. Very common thing. But listen to this. This doctor in Wuhan saw his skin turned black from the COVID-19 treatment. Um, he and another one also had the same condition. But here's where it gets even stranger. I was looking at their ages and the two individuals who both turned black um, were both 42. Dr. Yi Fan and Dr. Hu Wei Feng, both 42, were diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, these Chinese doctors' skin turned dark. So strange, you know, how it changed. Like, like what, what was happening? Were they turning into bats? Because over here in America, uh, you just got the sniffles, and then you Instagrammed about it. That's all that happened. Nobody got the hardcore kung flu like they got over there where it's like you got kicked in the head with something. Mr. Stray says, is Robert Downey Jr. really just Elon Musk in a squibby? Oh, like a skin suit? No, Musk is an actor himself. I mean, they're all actors. That's the whole point here. Like, is he really a multi-billionaire? Um, I, don't, I don't really... Look, who was it? Neil deGrasse Tyson said, Elon Musk is the Thomas Edison of our time. And most of his ideas are unoriginal. You know, if you look at Von Braun's rockets, there's no advancement. Now, this is another thing. You know, I mentioned the two individuals, both 42. That number has, it's very enigmatic. I don't want to get too deep into it, but check this out. So in Denver the other day, you had a shooting. It was an Antifa hired by a news agency to work security, and he shot someone on the other side of the political spectrum. So this event just happened a few days ago, and... I'm looking at this, and the shooter had a tattoo on his wrist, which is a character from Space Invaders. So I thought, okay, well, let's look into that. And I dug into the history of the game Space Invaders, and it happens to be 42 years old. Just like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, just like Stephen King's The Stand, just like Turner Diaries. Like, there are so many movies released 42 years ago. Uh, so many um, books and ideas that were seeded out there 
that seem to be pointing to 2020. Like my theory now, and this is this Metascript concept, my theory is that Big Brother doesn't make it up as he goes, that the big story was already written, and that 2020, 2001, that these are emergency years, years where they um, instigate, create, contrive emergencies. And it's all about their emerging world order. And I think 2020 is actually the end date. Not that I think the world ends, but I think there's going to be a big um, shift in our collective worldview. And there already has been. Think about this. The moral relativists, the godless atheists, are now Puritans. And they're the most God-fearing people on earth. Not only that, but they want to save everybody. Like we have a radical fundamentalist religion in the name of science. So you can't say that this plan isn't working, that they're not consolidating a fundamentalist worldview. And with the world capitulating to COVID-19, I think we can safely say that uh, there, there, there is no resistance. No nation is going to stand up to the big picture because they're all part of it. I mean, it's been very eye-opening for me anyway, because I, I don't think it's a negative thing. That's the other side of it, too. Like, I'm not actually afraid. Like, right now, I think 5G is in the news because the new iPhone comes out and it's 5G compatible. Let me see if that's... Today's the 13th, right? Okay, so Apple today announces that the new iPhone series will also use the company's A14 Bionic chipset. What's more, the company is bringing 5G to the iPhones, Tim Cook just announced. High-speed event, iPhone 12. So is this a technological advance? Is this something great? Or is this the beginning of um, what's going to happen? Um, again, 5G Armageddon. I have to read up on that theory. It was big a few months ago when people were burning towers. Okay, uh, commenter says, Surreal X, beyond belief. Yeah, really. I mean, SpaceX, um, what, what they have done over the last year, I think, is they've made it clear that they don't fear any criticism. They don't fear anybody seeing through anything. I mean, go back to this. And again, these are facts. You can look this up. Go back to December 12th, actually December the 5th, and that was the CRS-19 launch last year. The CRS-19, when SpaceX was sending some supplies, some science, monkey suits, guitars, whatever, to the space station, they had sent a batch of mice, like genetically modified mice. So Mighty Mouse was going to the ISS because they wanted to study the effects of zero-G on mice. You know, just very weak story premise here. But on that launch, mice were spotted on the outside of the Falcon 9 running around the Merlin rocket engine. I'm like, wait, mice in space... And on that launch, you happen to have mice on the outside of the rocket. And obviously, it's impossible. Mach 8, outer space, how do you have a mouse running around? Well, the only explanation that makes sense is CGI. You know, you have, like, I've had some expert conspiracy debunkers, like Metabunk, say, oh, that was just space ice, which I'd never heard of. I didn't know it was snowing in space, did you? They said, oh, it's just space ice formed into the shape of a mouse 
and then it became a video compression artifact, which explains why it moved like a mouse. It's like, no, actually, the most likely explanation, explanation here, if you take out your Occam's razor, is that the mouse was inserted purposefully by a rogue employee or at behest of Elon Musk because it's some type of a, a joke, an inside joke. And that's not the only such inside joke that they've played. In fact, a couple of launches ago, there was what appeared to be an individual falling out of the rocket at 42 seconds. And, you know, it's clearly a little bit of animation. Anyway, I'm going to be back in five, uh, two and a half minutes here. This is um, Chief Crow, Where's the Curve? Thank you for making Dark Matter your choice for entertaining and thought-provoking podcasts, engaging talk shows, top conspiratainment, and breaking news from the fringe and beyond. Dark Matter appreciates us listeners and wants to say thank you to those who have been along for the ride since 2013. And now, back to the scheduled programming here on darkmatter.radio.